ain't gonna let it happen though. I ain't gonna let it happen. We're gonna talk about it a little bit. All right, we're gonna talk about it being competitors. But today's y'all day, man. It's Fan Friday. I think I'm gonna start doing this every Friday where you know, I just bring this on, bring y'all on, and it's about you. All right, so I can't wait to hear your takes. Uh, I can't wait to hear, you know, the things that you're upset with, what you're happy with, all that good stuff. I hope everybody's having a blessed Friday. We're going to get it going right here. It's the San Francisco 49ers morning show. Let's go. Talk TV podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the San Francisco 49ers Morning Show. I'm your host, former NFL, AFL, defensive back, Eric Crocker. It's Friday. I'm feeling good. Hope y'all feeling good, too. Make sure if you haven't already, check out Locked On 49ers with myself, Brian Peacock, coming at you five days a week. Apple Podcasts, YouTube, go subscribe, all that good stuff. Locked on NFL Draft as well. We're getting into the draft stuff. So if y'all want to know about prospects, Locked on NFL Draft with myself and my guy, Ryan Tracy. Make sure you guys tune into that. We got uh, Jasper and Jamal. Make sure y'all tune into their first episode on this streaming platform, man. It's dope to, to get that going. And I got motivated, man. My guy, Marcos, he does a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff for me, cuts up the videos, all that, helps me with uh, you know, emails and, and, uh, getting everything out and, and trying to really make this platform grow. And he sent me a video of, of Pat McAfee and it was Pat McAfee talking about, you know, where he started with his YouTube and, and just the channel and just, you know, the people that he got to, to come together and, and what it is now. And I saw the numbers, I believe it was a $130 million deal. And that's just one deal with FanDuel. And it's there, man. It's just about the quality and the content. I got to get better with my content, man. I got to go get that Pat McAfee money. But it was motivating him. Uh, I wouldn't say motivating, but encouraging. It was encouraging to see that because he talked about just where he was three years ago and where he's at today. So we all know, man, we're going to keep this rocking, man. Frontline Sports. Appreciate everybody for all the support. Uh, everybody that bought the hats, the hoodies. I saw somebody in the chat say, Crock, I got my hoodie. That's what's up. Let's go. You already know what it is, man. Of course, this show is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, promo code Crocky. Make sure you go over unders. We'll get into some of that a little bit later. Um, also, man, we got uh, Manscaped. Manscaped. It's not Manscaped Monday. It's Friday, but Manscaped.com. They got the new performance pack, 4.0. When you use promo code Crocky, you'll get 20% off there. All right, so make sure you guys do all that good stuff, man. Do all that good stuff. But listen, y'all, today's about you guys. All right, but first I'm going to make it about me. Not about me, but I don't know how much of y'all follow me on Twitter at Eric underscore Crocker, but uh, I posted this video of my son, and it's my son and his his friend, and they're always competing. It always kind of gets heated. The trash talking goes back and forth. And my son dogged him to win the game, hit a step back three. It was actually a really nice move. My son's reaction got most of the attention, but the move was actually like, I was like, ooh, I was impressed by that, right? Uh, and I posted it. I'm just like, man, I hope my son can fight. Because you know, they're talking like this. You got to have some hands. And I got a bunch of responses there. You know what you get when a tweet kind of goes viral. When I say viral, there's like, you know, I posted it last night and there's over 100,000 views. And to me, it's, I, I like it in a sense of just like how much he cares, right? Just the competitiveness. Like to me, that's what, because I'm, I'm the ultimate competitor. 
Now, obviously, in ideal situations, you know, you, you know, you want him to be cool. But I, when somebody gets emotional about something, it's hard to tell them how to to react. You know what I'm saying? So, okay, my son, you know, he rat, he talking trash to his homie or whatever. Homie got to take that because next time they see each other, if my homie, if the little homie beats my son, then my son gonna hear it too. You know what I'm saying? And um, I got a bunch of responses or whatever, but this one girl was like, that's excessive. And I'm like, maybe for you. And then she goes on and tweets on her timeline about how, uh, you know, people think that letting their kids behave a certain way is cute and and all this, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's that's too much. It's excessive, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, like, listen, man, like when it comes to sports, and men or boys that will eventually be men, you can't tell, you can't, you can't say what's, I'll tell you what's excessive. If one of them pulled out a gun, I keep my heater right here. If one of them pulled out a pistol and popped one of the other ones, then yeah, that's excessive. But when you're trash talking and stuff like that, sports, like things get heated. All right. Things get heated. Like it, it's, you know, what and whatever's gonna happen, what, you know what I'm saying? But things get heat like you can't tell, you can't tell me what's excessive in sports, especially when it comes to trash talking. Man, I've had so many things said to me, so many things said to me in games, in games, you know what I'm saying? Whether it's in games, playing at the park, whatever it is, like it gets crazy. And now, if you don't come from that culture of trash talking and things like that, then just stay out of it, stay out of it. But at the end of the day, if you are going to talk crazy, you got to, you know, know what comes with that. You might have to chunk them a little bit, especially if it's with the homies or whatever. Um, but the, the, the trash talking isn't excessive. Maybe how somebody responds to the trash talking, that can be excessive. My son saying his homie sucks or whatever. They go back and forth. They do this all the time. They do this all the time. So, again, did my son go around telling everybody that they suck? No. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, but him and his boys, they 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 go back and forth. There's trash talking. They do this. And, you know, at the end of the game, it got heated. So it is what it is. They didn't fight or anything like that. Like, what's excessive? People think this is cute when their kids do this and that. Like, fuck out of here, man. Shut up. You don't know nothing about this. Right. You know what I'm saying? So here we go, my guy Dion. Don't don't write checks you, you uh your ass can't cash, period. Now, here's my thing. At some point, you, you'll have to figure out if you can cash that check, right? You have to figure that out. So with me, it's not even so much about, like, I don't want my son to be timid. I just want him to understand, like, listen, you talk like that, you know, somebody might, they might try to whoop you. You know what I'm saying? And you're going to have to fight back, you know what I'm saying, when you talk like that. But it just is what it is. I'm not going to tell him, hey, man, uh, don't talk trash while playing sports. Like, fuck out of here, man. Like, and you can't tell somebody how to talk trash because I, I done had some foul things said to me can't let you take can't let uh the guy take you out your game or you got to stay in there uh you know but somebody gonna dish it okay i'm gonna dish it back and we're gonna see and typically after games we shake it up you know what i'm saying but yeah i mean at the park and stuff i didn't see it go down every which way possible so to me she said that it was excessive how my son was talking trash to me what would be excessive is how they handle the trash talking you know what i'm saying do they start shooting or something that's excessive they fight, hey, you gotta ask for it. But at the end of the day, it's trash talking. And y'all that grow up with brothers, cousins, homies, whatever it is, like y'all know how y'all get. Y'all know it can get, it can get, you know what I'm saying? Like 
but it's all fun. Like, what are we doing here? And I, I, I don't want to get like disrespectful to the to the young lady, but I almost, you know, and I don't want to be that like sexist person or whatever, but I don't think y'all females, like, you got to go sit down. Like, you can't tell men how to, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, uh, uh, trash talk in sports or whatever. Like, this not, go, go do whatever you're doing. All right. Anyways, my son's move. That was what was the most important, uh, most, like, that was the best part about it. I was like, damn, that move was crazy. That move was crazy. Anyways, appreciate everybody's in the chat already. Um, man, it was some girl, man. I, I saw it on her timeline. She telling me, is it, and then she go to her timeline, and people think it's cute, blah, blah, blah. Like, shut up. Shut up. I don't I done, I done, I done play that every level. And it gets real with the trash talking. Whether it was, whether it was me, at, I'm from Stockton, California, Valverde Park. Whether it was me at the park, whether it was me on an AAU basketball team, whether it was me on the football field, college, uh, pros, whatever it is, there's going to be trash talking. You can't tell me how the trash talk is excessive. The only excessive reaction would be to shoot somebody. All right, but anyways, appreciate everybody in here, man. RIP Demarius Thomas. That probably should have been the first thing that I mentioned when I came on here. Uh, 33 years old, and that hit different. You know what I'm saying? I'm 34. And for someone to lose their life like that, you know, I'm, I see my guy, Charles James, on social media. I don't know Charles James personally, but, you know, we've interacted. We've done bet against each other all the time. You know, um, you know, we follow each other on social media. You know, we have our little back and forth with who we think is going to win. And uh, he's an entertaining person. But, you know, I understand his hustle, his grind, where he came from. and Not where he came from, like, personally, but, like, just undrafted rookie free agent, making a career out of that. Uh, and just, you know, I could tell, you know, he wears his heart on his sleeve, but, you know, I could tell, you know, and I want you guys to send prayers out there for my, my guy, Charles James and everybody affected by Demarius Thomas death. You know, those things are extremely unfortunate. I don't know why. I don't know how it, it sounds like he potentially could be, could have been dealing with something, but, um, y'all say a prayer and, you know, I think that's a big part of this platform, right? Y'all coming on and and talking about, you know, how we feel we do the flames and everything like that to do a check-in on, on the mental health. But I put it out there to y'all on numerous occasions, if you are ever feeling some type of way or whatever, like, and you feel like you don't got nobody to talk to, you always got me. So you DM me, I'll shoot you my number, uh, whatever it is, whatever y'all need, man, like, you know, holla at me and, you know, we will, we'll talk it through. And I understand this is somebody that understands and I don't understand because of me personally, uh, I guess personal, you know, relationship with my, with my wife and, and, you know, what she went through being in a bad, you know, mental state. So, you know, whatever it is. And I see somebody say seizures. All right. So, so he's dealing with seizures. That's what happened with Demarius Thomas. That's unfortunate. Saw that he was found dead. Really, really sad. Uh, but yeah, you know, whatever it is, if you're going through stuff and you know, whatever, holla at your boy, man, DM me. Don't feel like you got to go through that stuff alone. Yeah. But today's about y'all, man. Today's about y'all. And I want y'all to come on and 
whatever you're feeling on this Friday. You you want to talk about the 49ers Bengals. Clearly, this is a 49ers show. That's what this is about. If there's anything else you want to touch on now, if I get a bunch of people on, obviously we can't take too much time on one topic, but I would love to to have y'all on and give y'all this day. You guys listen to me talk for four days out the week, uh, typically five days. Y'all listen to everybody else come on and talk about the 49ers, sometimes good, sometimes bad. I want y'all to come on and, and just talk about whatever's on your mind, 49ers, otherwise marriage, you got, Hey, you got marriage. You want, you want, I can be counselor Crocky, whatever, whatever it is. Obviously this is a 49ers uh, show, but whatever it is that you guys feel the need to come on and talk about 49ers or other, you want to pay respects to Demaryius Thomas. Uh, you know, I, it's not somebody I, I've ever come across personally. I don't know him personally or had any type of interaction with him, but Definitely hearing those things and understand, like, damn, 33 years old, you know, and I'm 44. I mean, I'm 34. That's that's tough. And I think sometimes it hits different, you know, just understanding how, like, we really, we all got our death date. You know what I'm saying? We all do. And it's, here we go. Got my dad, Dion, coming on. Dion, good morning, fam. Hey, good morning. Good morning. What's going on, man? Oh man, I'm 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 blessed. I can't complain. How you doing this morning, bro? Hey, same thing, man. Hey, blessed and highly favored. Glad to be alive, brother. You know, um, I want to start off by saying, man, rest in peace to, you know, Demarius Thomas, his family. You know, hopefully, you know, prayers up for them. That that's a hard task to be able to lose. You know, a, a son, a brother, an uncle, a father, whatever he was to anyone in his family. Um, right. and, and to be honest with you, bro, like, like people out there, mental health is extremely important. Like you, you, you gotta be right. Otherwise you, it's hard for you to treat people right. You know what right. I mean? And, um, I watch, I am athlete with Brandon Marshall and, and Channing Crowder and Fred, uh, Fred Taylor, um, Ocho, you know, I, those dudes, they do a, a check-in. Literally, you know, how are you mentally, right. how, are you spir you know, spiritually, how are you financially, you know, business wise, those are things that are very important, man. You got to keep up with them things in life, you know, because at the end of the day, it's going to wind up, you know, catching up to you. And the one thing that you have to understand in this world is if you don't have things right mentally for yourself, it can be projected on the others. So you got to be real mindful and real careful with that. And that affects you in every facet of life, whether it be work, whether it be home, you know, just walking down the dang street, you know, hell, the trash talking. You know what I mean? So, yeah. you know, uh, as far as the trash talking, though, while you're on the field, man, please. I, I used to do that shit all the time. I didn't care. And I ran track, of all things. So you would think, like, who trash talks on the track field? Nah, man, I just did what I did. Hell, I had a dude I knew was faster than me. I looked dead. I looked dead at him, and I looked. I was like, "Hey, man, your mama fine as hell, bro." And he looked at me like, "What?" I beat him, though. And when we <laughs> got done with that race, he was looking at me. He was like, "Bro," and I was like, "What?" He was like, "Man, why you got to say that?" I'm like, "Say what about your mama?" I was like, "I ain't." I was like, "I ain't even gonna front you." I said that to get inside your head. It worked, but I ain't gonna lie. Your mama is fine, though. So, <laughs> You know, it just it, it's some you know something that happens in sports, man, and it's all good. You know, sometimes it can go a little far. See Cortland Finnegan and Andre Johnson. You right. mouth ran too much, and you got ragdoll. Right. But for the Bengals game, man, 
I'm going to keep it a buck. We got to run the ball. We got to get back to that. And yeah. that's basically what it is, man. Run the ball, keep Jimmy down to 25 throws, you know, and I think the defense is real solid, man. Aziz is balling. I heard they're working on a new contract for the young man, um, you know, to keep him there for, for the next couple of years. And, you know, for everybody out there, man, as much as we want certain things, we know we're not going to get them. So Jimmy's the quarterback for the rest of the year. We got to deal with it. Just let, let let the last thing go. I know a lot of people want to debate it, but it's just it's pointless. The dude is out there. He's going to be there. He could throw five, six interceptions. Kyle will trot him right back out there the next week, and we just have to keep dealing with it, man, until the end of the year. So we'll do what we can. I think this is a winnable game. Um, Joe Mixon is a little bit banged up. You got Joe Burrow with his thumb, you know, being beat up. And, you know, it's it's, it's the, these are tasks that we know we have in front of us. You got to tackle T. You got to get in front of T. Higgins. You got to make sure that you take care of Jamar Chase. You got to make sure you're ready for Joe Mixon. But, you know, we, we got the big hogs in the middle, so we are right. You know, Eric Armstead has been doing fairly well since he's been staying in the middle alongside DJ Jones, and that man is a monster. That young man is just, you know, he, he's a big hog in the middle. So, I mean, and then if Debo comes back, I honestly don't want him to come back this week because I'm a little worried he might re-aggravate that injury. So if anything, you know, if he comes back, just limit his snaps so he doesn't have to push too hard because he runs ridiculously hard. And when you do that and you have a hamstring injury, re-aggravating it is very, very uh, likely. But I would just say that, man, you know, run the ball. Make sure Jimmy don't throw more than 25 times on defense. You know, keep the run slowed down and do what you can. And, you know, make sure that T. Higgins don't get on top of you and, and make sure that Jamar Chase don't get busy. I believe we're going into this game with Dante Johnson and uh, Josh Norman. You know, k will be our slot guy as always. But, you know, we're going to do what we can to win this game. Um, hopefully we do. I have faith that we can. We just got to stick to them key points, and that's easier said than done. But getting back to the run, you, you got to do it, man. You have to because it just showed you last week that when you put the ball in his hands, he's not going to take you where you want to go, you know. And my last thing would be, you know, as a quarterback, he's got to have, you know, a, a little bit better demeanor. Can't be laughing about throwing interceptions can't be happy all of, all the time. Like when the game is over, you got to be, you know, like you got to look at it and be pissed off about it. You can't be okay with a bad performance. Even though you got one foot in the door and one out, still, you know, at, at a bare minimum, do do right. You know, I have a brand new job that I'm going to in January. It doesn't mean the job that I'm currently at, I'm just going to start acting like I don't care and be trash at it. No, I'm going to still do whatever I can because – Maybe if I need that job later on down the line and, you know, in the situation, I know I can go back to it. But I appreciate you having me on, Crocky. I know there's other people waiting. Um, mental health is very important. People try to take your time, you know, and especially for us as brothers, I know a lot of it can be something that we feel is not necessary. But it is, you know, it's it's all right to go and see somebody that you can talk to, you know, and and help you know have them help you kind of get things under wraps if you feel that things are getting out of control you know and just just be strong about it man and use the people around you as well don't you know if you truly are alone and you have no family i get it 
But when you really got people around you, man, don't shun them. You got to try to open that door and be able to open your mind and your heart to allow the, um, to allow them in to be able to possibly help you. You know, don't do nothing crazy out there. You know what I'm saying? If you got the door and it's open and somebody's allowing you to walk through it, just do it, man. You know, don't don't give yourself up to something, especially if you, you know, if if, if you know you feel it's getting way too far out of hand. But R.P. to Demarius Thomas, blessings to that man's family. Um, and, uh, you know, just like Craggy said, man, we, you know, we all here for each other. Outside of us talking about the 49ers and stuff, we, we just we, we just human beings, man. So we here for each other. So, you know, and Crocky, if you need me, I got you. Same thing. You know, it ain't nothing different. Y'all stay blessed, man. And, you know, everybody, we we going to win this Bengals game. You know, we can keep our head up. I got this down now. All right, man. Appreciate you coming <laughs> on, Dion. All right, bro. Oh. Trying to catch yeah. that net. I think I got <laughs> These it. Things are, they annoying, man. I know they uh. are. All right, man. I'm going to get the next caller on. Appreciate you, Brick Dog. All right, bro. Peace. All right, here we go. Got my guy Bradley on. Bradley, man. What's on your mind, B? Hey, uh, I'm pretty spicy when I play uh, uh, sports, too. I went to Cal State Northridge on a tennis scholarship, and I always played the mental game. I always made sure to, uh, you know, say something snarky or whatever to make sure if there was a lob going up, they weren't going to hit it in the big open space. They were going to try and drill me and give me an opportunity to hit the ball back. So um, that's I mean, that's how I teach my kids to play uh, to play sports. Uh, I still have that spicy attitude, but just when it comes to watching sports with football. So my wife, I mean, this little Velcro um, 49er doll, you could tear off the heads and the arms and the legs. And so that's how I uh, uh, control my temper uh, during the game now as best as I can. But uh, um, I actually, I guess since we're doing it like this, I have, I have a question for you. My daughter is extra spicy. And uh, it's baseball sign-ups. And I don't really want her to play baseball again this year because she throws the bat and she yells at the coach and stuff when uh, the pitching machine doesn't work too well uh, uh, for her. So would you still sign her up for uh, baseball and let her play and let her dial that in? Or uh, uh, would you, uh, you know, not sign her up? I think with anything, you got to figure out ways to get – you know, our kids to work through certain things, right? So if she, you know, reacts a certain way. I think everything, like, I think when we, when we try to limit something because we don't know how our kids are going to react, I think we're doing them a disservice. You know what I'm saying? So like, um, you know, I got some friends who are scared to let their kids, you know, do certain things because like, man, my kid's going to act up. My kid's going to do this. And my thing is, all right, well, let them act up so you can use that as a, you know, a teaching lesson, a learning lesson, right? A moment to kind of uh, teach them up. You know, uh, I, I would say do it. And whatever happens, you teach your child from there, like the right way or the okay. wrong way or whatever. Yeah, because I wanted to experience that hardship. Like you know, kids nowadays, they play sports games and in my area um, – in California, they don't like to keep score for like a long time now so that the kids don't get upset. But I feel like that yeah. teaches them, you know, that losing is good for them. It, it, it makes them hungry. It makes them want to do better, practice more, get better. They want to, uh, you know, they want to win games. And that's how that's how my son is. 
Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, I, I agree. I just wanted to ask you that question. As uh, far as the Bengals game, I mean, I I hope I hope to God we win because I can't take two losses in a row. <laughs> but uh, um, you took I mean, four. I, you were I, all right. You took four straight losses. You're all right. Nah, I wasn't. I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I had to sleep on the I had to sleep on the couch two Sundays. So. Uh, like, uh, I hope to God we win, but I mean, I have a bad feeling. I think we might lose by 10, but I, I hope I'm wrong. And I hope everyone bashes me in the comments for that, but I got faith. Why do you think they might lose by 10? I don't know. I just think they, uh, they kind of had that offense. They, uh, they got some bigger guys in the defensive line. And I just, uh, I just think like Seattle, I understand Seattle knows us. Uh, but just the way that um, they play us with those big-bodied guys, I, I think we have a hard time moving them around. And I hope to God Tom Compton does not start. I hope Jalen Moore starts. Uh, I really do. And I hope they play Jawan Jennings more because he's got that dog in. They didn't play him as much. This last game, he wasn't blocking as much. They played Trent Sherfield more. And, you know, they had him in there you know, uh, um, get, uh, digging out those underneath routes so he could uh, he could run run deep and all that stuff. But uh, um, I really hope they play Jawan Jennings more so that he's in there blocking more. And I just really hope that we run the ball because I think the Bengals can go on these runs where they're just going to, like you say, air that hole out. And all of a sudden it, it could be 14-0 because we're our worst enemy. Well, they, they can have one deep throw for 64 yards and then all of a sudden, you know, we got some stupid ass uh, part of my French tipped pass and they run it back and they're on the five yard line again. So I kind of have a feeling that the game is going to go that way for us. But I mean, we are really good in the East Coast. I think we're nine and one in the East Coast the last mm -hmm. 10 games. And that loss against Baltimore is the only one that we lost. So we're wow. almost 10 and 0 on the East Coast. So I mean, I'm glad we're playing them in the East coast, not at our house. Cause we suck at home, but uh, that's just the kind of vibe that I guess I get from, uh, uh, from this game. And I, but I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. All right, so, man. Yeah. I like it. I like it. I like it. I appreciate you coming on Bradley. Oh, uh, question. I, I missed a little bit early on the show. Did you say anything about the merch? Oh, um, we, we're going a little bit back and forth. Me and the guy, the stuff, what he sent me, Excuse me. It's like the so it's gonna say faithful over the chest in the saloon font, but the 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 gold that he put on all the stuff, it uh it was more like yellow, like a honey mustard. It, like it wasn't gold. So we've been going back and forth between that. Uh, but as soon as he gets that final copy of what it's supposed to look like, I'll post it so you guys can see it, and then we'll go from there. Get a okay. legit mock up. But yeah, it was more like this yellow and not gold. So I was like, nah, that ain't it. That ain't the color I'm looking for. So we'll <laughs> good, good. But yeah, all right, man. But yeah, I'll keep you up there. Sure. You have a solid weekend. All right, you too. All right, here we go. Saw this right here. Oh, I have to strongly disagree, Matt. I got to strongly disagree. Winning doesn't matter before the eighth grade. Uh, I I think that everything that you go through in life, shapes, I don't want to say, every, everything that you go through in life shapes you. And when when I, I compare everything, I relate everything in sports to life, everything. 
So to me, it's, you know, how you, like, I tell kids all the time when I'm training all these athletes, right? And all these athletes, they think I'm training them to become better athletes. And yeah, I am. But I'm also, I'm also training them to, be, to become better people, like to be more mentally tough, like to, to understand, like when workouts get hard, like, you know, when life gets hard, right? Like workouts get hard, you got to push through those things. Uh, in the games, there's going to be, you know, times that get hard. How have you been mentally conditioning yourself to push through those hard times in games, right? To be able to do it in games. Uh, same thing in life, right? I think everything that we do from workouts, sports, is all a direct correlation with how life really is. So we can look at it as just a game. I don't look at anything as just a game. I think all these games prepare us for the game of life. All right? So winning doesn't matter before eighth grade. I, I have to disagree because I think, you know, whether you're in the third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, I'm, I'm always teaching my daughter, you know, there's always a lesson, uh, you know, especially from a loss or how to handle a win. Uh, and I think those losses and wins that you, you know, teach them how to go through. Yeah. It starts off as just sports, but eventually it turns into their life and how they have to work and the work ethic they, they have to have to be successful in other avenues outside of sports. So that's why I disagree. That's respectfully, but I appreciate the, the comment. I appreciate the comment, but we see, we can't, we, I can't just say in sports because to me, I think that everything in sports is the direct correlation of life. I hope that makes sense. Now, it doesn't matter if you win or lose in the sense of that trophy. No, I don't think any of that stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like that trophy, no, but just like the work that you put in to win, right? Like, you know, I got I got a five-year-old daughter, right? And, you know, she's eventually, you know, she's going to start working out. She'll work out whenever she feels like it. That's how she does, but... Sometimes, you know, she'll, she'll work out and, I, and I'll tell her like, good, like, you know, like that's how you have to work out. Like, that's how you have to work. You know, uh, it's the same thing in school, like the work that you have in school, you know, you work hard, you're going to get good grades out of it. Like, you know, it's like saying, well, you're in the third grade, your grades don't matter. I, no, it, it matters. Right. Because it kind of shapes certain study habits and things like that. Moving forward, you get to understand like how you have to work. So that's kind of just my, my thoughts on it. Not saying you're wrong. I just respectfully disagree rich what's good rich how you doing man what up crocky oh man oh man i'm chilling how you doing this morning oh not too bad not too bad um i, I just want to touch on a couple things um first the uh um you know the trash talking uh you know i didn't i i watched the video i kind of found it funny um, you know, when you, when you trash talk, there is, there is a, to me, there's an etiquette in trash talking to a degree. And, and I, I think with your son, the funny thing to me was that he wasn't, all he was speaking was the truth. I mean, the dude, if the dude was six, two, all he, all he was doing is mentioning that he's six, two. I mean, ain't nothing wrong with that. Um, but, uh, you know, even it's, it's part of sports, man. I mean, growing up and, and playing basketball and football. I got trash talked more by my coaches than I did by the by the players, and I remember one coach, man, ride, rode me all the time, and and he'd tell me, oh, it's only you know I only yell at you because I love you, and I'd be like, coach, can you love me a little less? <laughs> you know, <what> I mean? <laughs> yeah. It, it, but um, but 
it made it, it did make me a better player because it makes you, you know, sports is is a lot a lot of mental aspects. And I I agree with what you said. You know, you've got to be able to be mentally focused and mentally prepared in order to be successful in, in sports. There's just no ifs, ands, or buts about it. But going along with that, you know, I, I wanted to also come on here and kind of make a plea in a way. Um, yesterday, um, you know, I was on I was on Twitter, and, and those spaces, man, the, the whole Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey Lance thing, it got to a point where it was toxic. I mean, it's just, you know, people are, are getting on – on guys that that want Jimmy to play and and just uh, to the point where it's like we're talking about mental health and we're talking about putting people down. Um, you know, can we can we have disagreements? Yes, but I, I plead with people to just be mindful of the fact that it's okay to have a different opinion and you don't have to be so butthurt and bent out of shape about it that you start insulting them and calling them names, and it's just, there's no need for that. Um, you know, do I want to see Trey Lance start? Of course I do. I think most people do. But just because you want to see Jimmy or you like Jimmy doesn't make you a bad person. It just makes you a guy that likes Jimmy or a girl that likes Jimmy, whatever the case. Um, but just, man, be mindful of people. I had to get out of, I had to get out of there yesterday because I just couldn't take it. It was too much. But, um, but the last thing I just wanted to get into too was the game. Um, I'm not very confident about this game, um, and only because, you know, I would feel one. I'd feel more comfortable if Mosley was playing. I think Mosley covered up a lot of the um, deficiencies that the cornerbacks had. Um, not that Deontay or not that Dante Johnson can't come in and, and kind of solidify a little bit, but he's nowhere near the level that Mosley's at. Um, you know, and, and I, I think this Bengals offense, when it's clicking, it's dangerous. And I think with the 49ers offense, I'm very concerned about the injuries to Mitchell and Debo um, because they kind of spark the running game. And without them, I just don't see where we're going to be able to take advantage um, in the running game. Uh you know, you've got Wilson, but Wilson's banged up, and you got Jamichael Hasty. And the problem with Jamichael Hasty is that um, he has had ball security issues basically throughout his career. So I just I don't see where we're going to get the offense from. Um, you know, Jimmy can make some plays, but is he going to be able to make enough plays to match the Bengals' offense? Um, you know, the only area I see – us having a, a huge advantage is the pass rush. Their offensive line isn't that great and can get to the quarterback. And Andy, or Andy Dalton. Uh, <laughs> Joe, um, Joe Burrows does uh, tend to, yeah, Joe Burrows does tend to throw some interceptions. Um, so if we can get a couple takeaways, I'd feel a little bit better. But I don't know, man. I'm, I'm leaning towards the Bengals winning this game. Um, and I know the score is going to sound crazy, but I think it's going to be like a 31-24, 31-21 game, uh, you know, Bengals winning. I hope I'm wrong, but I just I, I just don't see where we're going to get the running game. And, and we need the running game in order to, to really, um, you know, keep it close and, and even win this game. 
Well, I, if it makes you feel any better, and I appreciate you coming on, I'm gonna get the next call on Rich. Uh, if it makes if it makes you feel any better, Rich, Jeff Wilson was a full participant in practice. You know, we talk about getting the run game going. <clears throat> I think you know, and, and I talked about how maybe Jeff Wilson isn't quite what people think, but we have seen him fill in and have some really explosive games. Uh, he has. He's had some games where he really ran the rock. So I don't think that it's gonna. You know, Fortnite's run game is going to take a huge hit if Elijah Mitchell isn't able to suit up, looking like he's not. But I definitely, I am comfortable with having a guy out there like Jeff Wilson and, you know, Jermichael Hasty and them kind of being uh, a little one-two tandem for a game. Now, if you told me for the rest of the season, it's got to be uh, uh, Jeff Wilson and Jermichael Hasty, and that's all, I'd be like, uh, might be a little worried with that. But for a game, I think they'll, I think they'll be fine. I'm about to get to the next caller real quick. I wanted to uh, get to a couple of comments. Uh, I got trashed by a coach, and one time he threw a football at my head and got fired. <laughs> yeah, that's – now, talk about excessive, right? Talking about the little chick was talking about excessive with my son. Like, that's excessive. Once you throw a ball at somebody, then it's like, all right, we got to fight. Or if it's a grown man, like, okay, you're probably going to get fired. You know, you can't, can't do that. Can't throw a football at a kid's head. <laughs> That's wild. My guy, Jeep Crackhawk, he says that the spaces have been toxic, man. Where you been? Uh, here we go. From the same fan base who body shamed Mac online. Uh, Patrick, I would say every fan base body shamed Mac Jones online. It wasn't just the 49ers. <laughs> <laughs> um here we go all right here we go let's get into the next next caller my guy darius darius what's good man good morning hold, hold on what's real going quick, on darius, man hey hey crack yeah. hold on real quick let me get to this real quick uh how do you know the patriots fans didn't body shame mac jones like everybody saw the picture and laughed at the picture. Like he, yeah, he was a pudgy, out of shape, uh, quarterback. And you know, yeah, like all right, like wow, okay, it's funny. It doesn't mean that he's a bad quarterback. It just means that he was pudgy and out of shape. He was. Ironically, he was built yeah. like Tom Brady. Uh, Tom Brady probably had a lower percentage of body fat, but yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, all I know is this, Croc. You 6'2 and can't guard me, man. You 6'2 <laughs> and can't guard me, bro. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, yeah. I saw that, bro. I was weak, man. And, and, and yeah. bro, the taller one, he was, he, you can see that you, he felt crunchy. You can see it in his face. He's looking like, damn, he just splashed <laughs> on me. <laughs> can we talk about my son's move? The, the one, the, um, the step back off one leg. Nobody's talking about that. Come on, man. That was sweet. He yeah. hit him with the jab step, drop back that one foot, that, that old school Dirk Nowinski fadeaway with the leg kick out. That was sweet, man. Um, yeah. Earlier in the week, though, right, I'm glad you had this this topic today, this talk what you want to talk about because uh, it's been on my mind. Earlier in the week, you was talking about as far as can there, like, we need discipline. And um, yeah. these are grown men, you know what I'm saying? This ain't high school no more When you, where you have to run wind sprints after practice. How do you coach discipline to these people? Like, how do you how, how do you do that in the NFL? 
or even, you know, any type of level at that advanced level like that. I think the, 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 and again, I'm not saying everything that I say is right or what other people think is wrong or, you know, this is just my opinion. I think one of the biggest ways to instill discipline is to hold people accountable. Right. The, 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 the more you get away with something, okay. the less likely you're going to be consistent with being disciplined within that. Right. Like the less likely you're going to like my, my, my wife and you know, my baby mom's like, think I just want to whoop the kids. No, like my son juice, I whooped him. I whooped juice 2017. I believe it was haven't had to whoop him since. But he lied. He lied to my wife about something, so he got a spanking, right? Now, right. maybe some people might think that's excessive, but I never wanted him to lie to my wife again. He has not, to my knowledge, lied to my wife since. Even when I could tell he doesn't want to say that, you know, he'll say it because he remembers that moment, right? So I think sometimes when you know, well, Johnny, don't lie to your dad again. He's like, yeah fuck out of here i'll lie next week like you know what i'm saying like so to uh, me that was my way of getting through to my son kyle has to figure his way of getting through to his athletes with brandon Ayuk, i think his thing was maybe that was him holding them accountable right we're gonna hold you accountable we're gonna discipline you uh you know we're gonna talk about it. everybody's gonna know what's going on and it's on you to make sure that whatever it was that to get you to that point you're not doing that right um and so i think that was his way now how do you do that with your whole team? Did you do that with him just because it's like, well, Brennan, I use he's super talented. So we're gonna we're gonna hold him. Uh, you know, he's super talented. So we're we're gonna hold him to a high standard and we're gonna talk about it and hey, we're gonna push him and hey, we know we told him he needs to get better, he needs to get better. Are you doing that with everybody else too? Because everybody has a higher level that they can play at, right? I, I don't want to say higher level, mm -hmm. everybody has like the peak of what they potentially could be at a time or another. So are you doing what you did with Brandon Ayuk to get everybody else to whatever it is or as close to their peak as possible? And I think if you hold everybody accountable to those same standards, I think that's when you potentially can instill more discipline in your team. Uh, a lot of it has to do with culture. Again, I talk about playing for the, the San Jose Sabercats, you know, winning that winning that ring, right? Uh, yes, sir. Discipline. Appreciate you for it too, man. Appreciate you for during, that. Oh yeah, for sure. During during walkthroughs. Now again, this seemed to me it seemed go back to what that chick said. Excess, excessive. Like professional athletes usually is not like militant. It's not real militant. But th this was the first time that I had been a part of like a militant ran organization. Like when we were doing walkthroughs, you could not talk. You had to stand behind the line. Like, but I tell you this. And after every play, after every play, you had to turn and sprint 10 yards, like during practice after every play. And it instilled this like level of just discipline within the team. And nobody, nobody could see us, nobody. But we the most disciplined team out there. But it was how we practiced. It was how the coach held everybody accountable. It was how you felt like even when, bro, we lost one game all year. We had one of the greatest seasons in arena league history. We had one loss. But after every win, it almost felt like a loss because it was like we knew things mm -hmm. that we could do better. The standards were so high. The discipline was on point. So maybe Kyle just has to figure out a way to instill that discipline to where he's having more consistent uh, wins. Because right now, if you look at the 49ers, when they do lose, it's a lack of discipline. 
Right. And it's like, it, it's it's kind of like how Dion said with, with Jimmy, like they're all just smiling on the sideline. And like that, that, that kills me. Like I remember when I was a player, bro, like I used to fight. I used to really throw hands on people when I felt like you wasn't performing at your level. Like, oh, don't do this. My boy, man, my boy Slap, he came to, to, to the game. They high, they smoking weed. They came to the game high. And I'm the running back, so they got a block for me. And they missing blocks, and they laughing. Oh, yeah, we got them up. For sure, I, I had to whoop Slap for that. And, um, like, I take it serious because I don't want to lose. And if we do lose, I don't want to lose by much. You know what I'm saying? I want to be competitive as possible. And it's like, it's like, damn, man, like, are these guys even taking it serious? And <clears throat> it just looks crazy, bro. And, um, I mean, I just feel like, this week, they should get it right. I'm not scared of the Bengals, bro. I feel like Seahawks was – that was just – that's it was the Seahawks, man. It was like your big brother, man. I feel like after that, you feel like you can whoop anybody now. Like, you got your ass whooped by the Seahawks. You can go out there to the Bengals. Just hone in. I mean, put it this way. Davin Cook ran for 205 yards last night. And with us, I think only had, like, maybe 36, no more than 40 he, yards. He had, so, it's like, I'm not scared of these people, yards man. You know what I'm saying? They know how to carry. play. He had a decent amount of yards right. one carry. It was that little big run that he had. Exactly. So it's like I'm not I'm not I'm not really worried about nobody until maybe we see the Rams and Sophie. Maybe that's like other than that, I don't see us even Tennessee. We can get past these people, man. Like they just gotta, like you said, be disciplined on that line. Don't extend the plays for nobody, man. When it's third and whatever, get off of that field, man. Stop jumping off sides. Don't don't hold. Don't do none of the tiki tack stuff to where you're extending their drives and getting them down there to the red zone or whatever the situation may be. And um, last but not least, man, uh, do the Sabercats, do they still practice right there by uh, Peterson Middle School? Not Well, when I played. In yeah. Sunnyville? Yeah, when I played, yeah. Oh, my God. That was the biggest thing in the world for us, bro. We used to show up after school, try to catch somebody, come up, get get the cleats signed or whatever. That's big. <laughs> Every time you mention the Sabercats, bro, that put a big-ass smile on my face, man. Yeah, but thank you, though, Crockman. You have a good yeah, day, man. Everybody, be safe out there. Is that right? right okay, bro. for sure, man. Are right, you have That's a good one, up, man? Y'all have a good day, though, man. Real quick, let's get to this super chat here. Uh, you think Kyle could be ne the next Marty Schottenheimer? All these Super Bowls and NFC championships, but no rings. Great offense, but choke in the moment. It's hard, like that's it's it's a very simple question, but it's kind of loaded. I've always been a believer in if you can get there, you can win it. So if you can get to a Super Bowl, you can win a Super Bowl. Uh, you know, I think at that moment it's just good versus good. I, I don't know if is you know Schottenheimer was Schottenheimer the coach of Buffalo when they were going to all those Super Bowls, or uh, or Schottenheimer the coach of the L.A. the not LA Chargers, but San Diego Chargers when they were good. Can't think of it off the top of my head. But anyways, it's tough, man, because when you get to the biggest stage like that, you know, in the Super Bowl, it's good versus good. And I don't, I don't know if it's necessarily choking. I think if you look at what Kyle did, I think that can that can that can probably be more considered choking in the sense of, you know, your offense in Atlanta was up 28-3. You know, your your 49ers team was up, you know, 10 points with like six minutes left. So I think seven minutes left, I think that's kind of a meltdown and that could be more considered choking, but it's tough because in my head, it's, 
is good versus good. I think ultimately you want somebody that can get you there. I think my biggest issue with Kyle Shanahan right now would be just the lack of consistency with having the potential to get there, right? You know, the one year that the 49ers fan base, the faithful, was extremely confident, it was 2019. You were extremely confident, right? We had that feeling, what, 2000, most of 2011, 12, 13, and really 14 before things unraveled. But we had that, like, confidence, right? 2019, you had that confidence. With Kyle Shanahan, we've only had that confidence one time. Because I'd say past week six, more times than not, we were looking at it like, man, we're out of it. I think this year we're trying to, you know, it's like, okay, who are we? But that's what I want to see from Kyle Shanahan. Kyle, can you coach a team that's a little bit more consistent with winning? Now, again, there is context as to why certain things have played out the way they have, and I understand it. But it's, you know, it's tough. I I just, I, I would like to see him consistently have an opportunity. That's my thing, right? Everybody looks at Super Bowl bust, and I've talked about it on here before. People talk about Super Bowl bust. My thing isn't so much Super Bowl bust. It's, you know, when it comes down to it, can your team realistically, can they, can they, will they have the opportunity to win a Super Bowl? And I just appreciate that. So whether the 49ers win a Super Bowl or not, obviously we want them to win. Obviously we're going to be upset or heartbroken. I haven't watched the Chiefs Super Bowl back. I haven't watched the Ravens Super Bowl back. Heartbroken, right? But really there's another part to me that just says, I just want my team to be good. Can we consistently be a team where I just at least feel like we could win? And I'm not saying that will replace winning the Super Bowl, but I would like that. What the Rams are doing, everybody's like, Rams, this Super Bowl bus. Uh, you guys can say that, or fans can say whatever. But to me, just the fact that they feel like they could win a Super Bowl, I would, I would love to have that feeling at this point in the season right now. Whether you win it or not. Here we go. There was a, and I see my guy Patrick Seeley. I think the 49, the 49ers, the Mac Jones, the Trey Lance, just the whole conversation surrounding that. There are a couple different things there going on. And if you listen to the wrong people, I think you could let the emotions of one person speak for an entire fan base or organization or whatever. All right. So I guess I'll take this time to talk talk about it real quick. Again, if you haven't already, go ahead. Uh, here's the the link to the chat. I see my guy Patrick Seeley in there. I think Pat is a Patriots fan. All right. So he says um, he's talking about he's been talking about Mac Jones and, and what Mac Jones has done for the New England Patriots. I'm going to touch on Mac Jones a little bit and Trey Lance and how not just Trey Lance, uh, you know the, the the Bears, the the Jets. The, the Jaguars, all right, says, oh, Trey is Trey is sad and in his feelings, but the whole Mac can never be our quarterback thing. Didn't affect Mac at all. Posting picks, don't complain about something you were okay with before. All right, so I don't, I'm not sure if he's talking to me or if it's other people in the chat. But let's let's talk about it. And, and let's talk about where the Mac Jones hate from the faithful stem from, all right? One... 49ers picking at three. I was adamant that I would not take Mac Jones at three. Now, me saying that I would not take Mac Jones at three over guys that had more things or traits that you cannot coach, to, to some people comes off 
as if I don't like Mac Jones, which is not the case. If there were no, let's say, 49ers need a quarterback, which they did, and there were no Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance in the draft, and the 49ers drafted Mac Jones, I would be happy about it because I think Mac Jones was a really good quarterback. I thought in college he was really good. I thought Mac Jones was terrific. I have tweets. I got breakdowns. I got threads talking about how much I like Mac Jones. Uh, I thought Mac Jones had the best pocket presence. I thought he moved within the pocket, even the crowded pocket, terrific. I think if you looked at Mac Jones, more times than not, yeah, things were perfect for him at Bama. But even when things weren't perfect, and I and I told people to go back and watch Mac Jones against Michigan in the bowl game. Uh, it was the prior year. You could see him under pressure consistently, and I thought he delivered. I thought he did really good. Did Mac Jones has some limitations? Yes. I am very big on, and again, this is just me, and I think the NFL is this way too, and this is not a knock. I guess technically it is a knock on Mac Jones, but a lot of it is what can I teach and what can't I teach, all right? What can I teach and what can't I teach? So when you look at Mac Jones and you look at what traits can't you teach that he possesses, there aren't any. Now, will a guy ever reach his full potential to be able to master the field and vision to see the game the way that Mac Jones does? Maybe not. But is there the potential to? Yes. Will it happen? Maybe not. Probably not. But you could say, oh, no, it won't. I don't know. But at the end of the day, can it happen? Yes, it can. So if it's me drafting and I look at a quarterback and I say, wow, this guy has all these physical capabilities and he's able to make all these different throws, okay, maybe he's not, maybe he's behind Mac Jones mentally. Can I get him to that? So now you figure it out throughout the draft process. You put them on the board. You see how he sees the field. How does he, and if all those things match up, and I think I can get it to that point, then yes. Yes. I Then from that point, okay, I take this guy over Mac Jones. I think a lot of people, I think Mac Jones, Mac Jones got caught in a crossfire of should he be taking that three with what he is as a prospect. And I think that's where the pushback was. Or two, or one, right? Because right now, Mac Jones has been the best quarterback, right? Mac Jones has been the best quarterback, uh, rookie quarterback in the league right now. And one of the better quarterbacks in the league. I think right now, right now, Mac Jones is better than Jimmy Garoppolo. All right? Do the Jaguars think that they missed on Trevor Lawrence because they're quarterback is not playing at as high of a level as Mac Jones or do they say I will get my guy I will build around him I'll be the build a team around him I will get him mentally on point we're going to prepare him it might not take a year but eventually from a mental standpoint he will catch up to Mac Jones right and, and now I'm just going off of their thought process if if you feel that Trevor Lawrence will catch up to Mac Jones mentally then we're talking about a whole nother level of ability from a quarterback standpoint. That's 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 my or so with the 49ers, or let's say Jets, with the Jets or the 49ers taking other guys over Mac Jones or the Bears, 
I don't knock them for that because I get it. Now it's on your coaching staff. It's on your organization to get them to that point where Mac Jones is mentally. And if you do, then those quarterbacks are more dangerous, right? There, there is a question as far as will they be able to do that? Maybe they never will. Maybe they never will. And maybe Mac Jones would just hands down be the best quarterback in this class. And I wouldn't put it past him. He was a terrific quarterback in college. But I'm just telling you the mind, mindset of looking at prospects. It's like for the same reasons that Justin Jefferson wasn't taken as high as a C.D. Lamb, a Jerry Judy, a Henry Ruggs. That wasn't to say that Justin Jefferson couldn't be the best receiver. Uh, Jalen Rager was taken ahead of him. They saw things in these other guys and said, hey, there's more potential. Okay, I see Justin Jefferson does this now, but hey, there's this and that. And hey, they were wrong. And maybe everybody that passed on Mac Jones will be wrong. We'll know in a few years. But that that's kind of the pushback on why people were hard. Now, as far as the pictures and things like that, people got in their feelings. I can't tell you why. I don't, I don't know why to that standpoint. But there was definitely a lot to like about Mac, Mac Jones. I don't, listen, I'll, I'll say this, and this is how I look at ceilings, all right? I don't know what Mac Jones' ceiling is, ceiling is. I don't know what Trey Lance's ceiling is. I don't know what Trevor Lawrence's ceiling is. I don't know what, you know what I'm saying? I know in the sense of putting a cap on it, right? Uh, in the sense of putting a cap on it, even with Mac Jones. Now, you know what, what Mac Jones' ceiling is from an athletic standpoint, a mobility standpoint, maybe uh, someone that's less likely to, you know, do some things off script or, uh, you know, we saw in their code, they, they, they relied heavily in, in that snow. They said, we're not, we're not going to throw the ball at all. We're going to run the ball. Now, some people would say, well, they were ahead. So why would they run the ball? Oh, they're running the ball. Well, a lot of their, that those, that the run game came off of one big play. I mean, they had like an 80 yard run out off rip. And they stuck with it. There were times on third and seven, third and six, they just ran the ball. Damn near giving up on the down. Well, we'll see if we get the first down. If not, we'll just punt it away. Right? But, and maybe, but I do think there's something else to that as well. I think it was like, well, playing in this type of weather isn't a strength of Mac Jones. Not saying he can't throw the ball in it, but we don't think that's necessarily a strength of his. So we're going to, we're kind of going to take the ball. Same thing happened to 49ers against the Green Bay Packers. Uh, in the NFC Championship game where the 49ers ran the ball, uh, they threw the ball eight times with Jimmy Garoppolo. And I think most people would say, well, why why, why throw the ball more than eight times if you're able to run for 300 yards or whatever it was? And my thing was, it's not nothing. It's not nothing. Mac Jones' ceiling, he could very well be Tom Brady. The way I look at things is this. I look at it from this standpoint. And we'll talk about Mac Jones, Tom Brady, and stuff like that. And I'll bring you guys on as well. And we'll get into we'll get into some of what uh, Steve Young said as well. Mac Jones could very well be Tom Brady. I think one thing that why I would one Tom Brady's the greatest ever. All right, so he's the greatest ever. But what makes Tom Brady so great? It's not his physical capabilities. It's not even how he sees the field and all that. It's Tom Brady's relentlessness to outwork everybody. You could be great X's and O's. You can do good. Okay, I know to get the ball here. But when the shit hits the fan, what's going to take you over the top? And when you look at Mac, uh, excuse me, Tom Brady, Tom Brady is the ultimate competitor. Nobody prepares like him. Nobody. 
from his mind, his body, to his work ethic. There is nothing like it. On and and there's nobody like Tom Brady. The he's almost like a maniac. You can't like it's like that's what makes him great. That's what makes Tom Brady great. It's one thing to just oh smart and okay this and that. He's a maniac. He's a maniac. There aren't a lot of those. So we could say, well, Mac Jones could potentially be Tom Brady. Look, Tom Brady, this and that. Don't compare. Unless Mac Jones gets that Tom Brady and he's going to win games. I think Mac Jones is in a great situation. Great situation. Mac Jones is in a great situation. He's with a team that understands how to utilize him and they put pieces around him. They don't ask him to go above and beyond. They have a great defense. Hey, I need a throw right here. Can you make this throw? Okay, I can make that throw. Coach, Mac Jones does a great job. I don't want to say he see, I don't know what he'll be. And maybe he will end up being Tom Brady. I don't know. But I know one thing. I'm really big as prospects. Prospects coming out. We'll see what they are in the NFL. What can I teach? What can't I teach? And when it comes to these quarterbacks, I'm going to lean. Now, if they are just super inconsistent with certain things, then that's one thing. All right? What I mean by that is if they just show like it's just – and hell, I mean, you could say that, but even then. Josh Allen, <laughs> you know, uh, he was super inconsistent in college. And they still leaned on the physical traits. They still did. So it's tough. You look at those things, and I don't know. I'll never say what somebody is or what they, they aren't going to be. But I know one thing. I, I think Matt Jones is a terrific quarterback. He's playing very well. He doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't miss the read. I've noticed that when we did that. He and when I say he doesn't miss the read, I mean he's not going to miss multiple reads in the game. And that was something that stood out at Alabama as well. I think something, too, that's hard to kind of take in consideration, how that game is going to translate to the next level and what exactly it's going to look like. And that goes for everybody. All right. But, yeah, I think Mac Jones gets people, maybe people that didn't know what they were talking about or maybe they were just poking fun or whatever the case is, he got hit with a lot of stray bullets that I think were – a little weird, <laughs> but a lot of it came from what he is as a prospect and what he is as a prospect from uh, what can I teach? What can't I teach? Isn't as much as the other guys. Again, maybe from a mental standpoint, those other guys might not get to what Mac Jones is. And if they can't or get, can't get close to it, maybe they all, they will always just be better. It also helps the situation they went to. And that's for any quarterback. So anyways, that's 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 that on Mac Jones. That's that on Mac Jones. I don't know what people are saying in the chat right now. It kind of went on the rant. He throws to the open guy after he figures out the defense pre-snap. He does a terrific job of that. I didn't like the 100 million, 100 million video from Mac Jones. Came across as arrogant. Trey is an underdog. Is proof. Um, I want my quarterbacks a little arrogant. I want my quarterbacks a little arrogant. I want them to be a little cocky. Now, obviously, like, you know, you want a work ethic to match that and be able to back that, right? But I'd say most good people, look at Tom Brady, right? Tom Brady said, man, you took that motherfucker over me. Like, how dare you? You know what I'm saying? Like, you you want guys, and Tom Brady, I can guarantee he didn't just start feeling like that. I bet he felt like that from the moment he slipped in the draft and went sixth round or seventh round, whatever it was. He probably was like, all right, I'm going to show y'all. You know what I'm saying? You got to have a certain level of arrogance. 
Just my opinion. Hope everybody's doing good. I'll put this in the, the chat. Talk about it. Y'all know, come on. We've already had some, some good callers come on and talk about, uh, you know, just their thoughts on the game. And otherwise, feel free to click the link. Come in. If you haven't already, hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. All that good stuff. Underdog Fantasy promo code Crocky. We'll get into some of that. All right. Coaching matters. Situations matter. That's for sure. I think when you watch Mac Jones, he's doing a terrific job of executing what they're asking him to do. Terrific job. And when you watch it, it's like I see a lot of clear, clean and defined reads. Obviously, some of it's on him. That's the hard part is how much is it Mac Jones just so good at making the right decision and the guy's wide open and he throws it to him? And it's just like, well, pre-snap, he knew exactly where to go, which definitely could be the case, as opposed to other guys maybe not having that same type of offense that wins the same way, which New England did the same thing with Tom Brady too. Like, they will hit five-yard passes. They will hit six-yard passes, ten-yard passes, and then every once in a while stretch the field. And I think they've done a good job with that. Could Zach Wilson not win with that? Could Trey Lance, could uh, Trevor Lawrence, could Justin Fields not be good if coached up that same way and, you know, get to offense? I, I don't know. We'll see. But, yeah. Let's talk about it, y'all. Uh, Steve Young, and again, if you haven't already listened, Locked On 49ers, myself, Brian Peacock, will come at y'all five days a week. We talked about this as well. And, you know, don't just hear my thoughts. Hear Peacock's thoughts as well. If you guys want to come on and talk about it, feel free. Steve Young, he was on KMBR. He was on uh, 49ers Talk with Matt Mayoko. Not to be confused with Niner Talk with uh, Jasper and Jamal. Make sure you guys listen to the podcast on the Frontline Sports Network. But Steve Young, he was on KBR. He was on Matt Milka. I didn't listen to the Steve Young one. I saw some things that he said, but I ain't, I ain't, uh, I didn't see, I didn't, I didn't read, or I didn't listen to the whole thing from KBR. Did see certain things. I did hear him say that he felt like. And this is kind of one of the things that a lot of people are running with on Twitter. I see that Steve Young felt that sitting, he said one year, like, all right, but he felt like him sitting those years was wasted time. Wasted. That's what he felt. Felt like he was wasted. Now, I did also touch on ways that Trey Lance could prepare himself as if he's a starter. And Steve Young talked about how, you know, he prepared as if he was going into play, as if he was going to be the starter. Now, who taught him that? I don't know. You know, those are things that maybe he needs to talk to Trey Lance. Trey Lance, listen, I know it can be frustrated. I know sitting, not playing, and being frustrated or being, you know, disappointed with not playing, you could, you, you know, how that could feel and how that could wear on you. But you have to prepare as if you are the starter. Steve Young talked about being disappointed and running sprints after games just to kind of break a sweat and feel like he did something. He's talked about wasted years. That's one of the things that people are kind of putting out there as far as Trey Lance sitting, comparing that to Steve Young's situation. was different? You got Joe Montana ahead of you. Now, he also said, and I don't see a lot of people touching on this part of it. He also said he feels like everything Kyle Shanahan is telling us about Trey Lance is that Trey Lance is not ready because if so, he would be playing. I have a little pushback with that. But I respect Steve Young's opinion. And who am I to tell a Hall of Famer that he's wrong with how he's 
taking it. But there's a couple of things I think add context to that, all right? And again, he's saying, well, they, they traded all this capital, so that means they want you. They did everything to tell you that Jimmy Garoppolo is the guy, or not the guy, excuse me, but then they went ahead and started Jimmy Garoppolo, and they are struggling to get Trey Lance in there. And he feels that if he felt that Trey Lance was ready, Trey Lance would be in there over Jimmy Garoppolo. All right? And as I, I hear you, I hear you loud and clear. But again, con, con, there there is a little bit of context to that, and I'll just kind of give my opinion on that. When Trey Lance hit the ground running in training camp, on fire, on fire, right? And we saw it. And, you know, guys got spreadsheets, they got these numbers or whatever. We see how well Trey Lance. Steve Young said, well, he said he thinks that the 49ers maybe thought that Trey Lance would push Jimmy Garoppolo more and really make them insert him into the – the offense more. All right. Uh, I thought Trey Lance pushed Jimmy Garoppolo early on, pushed him. Right. I mean, we saw it, the explosive plays, the, the, you know, completion percent, whatever, however much you put into training camp stats, but it wasn't like Jimmy Garoppolo's training camp stats were better. Now one was going against the ones, one was going against the twos. All right. But when you watch, when you hear, and and I'm not just saying like from local beat writers or like a, you know, not, um, they are local beat writers, but I'm not just saying from, you know, some of my guys, right? Jason Laponte, who's there, and he'll talk about what he sees. Or, you know, Grant Cohn, and awesome, Grant, Grant Cohn does an awesome job what he does. I'm not just talking about those guys. I'm talking about some guys that kind of straddle the fence a little bit, Matt Mayoko, Matty Barrows, and what they were saying. And what they were saying was this, Motherfucker's good. This Trey Lance is far better than what I thought he would be. He's so good. Oh, my goodness. Right? Like, that's what Mayoko was saying. I'm listening. And I listened to Mayoko throughout the whole draft process and what he wanted. He wanted a, uh, you know, he wanted Mac Jones. Oh, Mac Jones, that's what's going to fit. He saw Trey Lance, and he said, oh, my goodness. So when, when Jimmy says that, I mean, not Jimmy, excuse me. When Steve Young says, well, uh, uh, Trey Lance didn't push Jimmy Garoppolo. I would say right there, there was a window of Trey Lance pushing him. But what did Trey Lance get when he was pushing him? No, he's not getting any first team reps. You know what I'm saying? I thought if if there was a time where it was like Trey Lance, does, you know, he has earned the right to get some first team reps. It was at that moment and it didn't happen. So what that told me was, no, Jimmy, this is not, I mean, uh, Steve Young, this is not as much of a competition as we thought it would be. This is not as much of a, you know, Trey Lance can really push Jimmy Garoppolo as we thought. Unless, unless he came out and he was Mahomes the whole time. I'm talking about MVP Mahomes, right? If Trey Lance came out and he was MVP Mahomes, then, okay, yeah, okay, we, we got to sit down $27 million. But at the end of the day, we can win with Jimmy, $27 million. That's the quarterback. I've said all along, he's going to be the starter. You have Trey Lance come in. He comes in on fire. We saw it. We hear it. We listen to Mayoko. We listen to Barrels. Guys that did, and they, man, this guy, I'm telling you. You know what I'm saying? When they start, I said, oh, man, there's something there. Kyle shot it down. So I hear Steve Young, but that was the opportunity to push it and at least get Trey Lance some first-team reps. Kyle said, no, not doing it. Not doing it. We're rolling with Jimmy. Jimmy's our starter until he doesn't give us the best chance to win. Now, 
what does it mean to give somebody the best chance to win? I don't think that I don't think that there's any logical I don't want to say there's no there's no logical scenario, but I would say heading into this year, most people, I'd say most logically thinking people, probably 98% of logically thinking people would tell you that Jimmy Garoppolo gives you a better chance to win than a rookie who has never played in the NFL. Most logically thinking people would tell you that, right? Most people would tell you. It would be hard to find a rookie that would give you a better chance to win than Jimmy Garoppolo, who has won a lot of games in the NFL and has been in this system for four and a half years, whatever it is. All right. It would be hard. Now, am I saying Jimmy's great? No. But for rookies, the bar's not high for rookies. You know they're going that where the whole rookie mistakes come from. All right. So Steve Young continues to talk. And again, he talked about uh, I don't think he's ready. Steve, what I would ask him is, what does ready mean in a sense of a rookie being able to give you a better chance to win than Jimmy Garoppolo? Because no matter how many games the 49ers lose, they could be six and six, whatever. I still, without seeing Trey Lance play for multiple games in a row, I would still feel like Jimmy gives me the better chance to win. I would still feel like that until I see Trey Lance give me the better chance to win. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So if I'm Kyle Shanahan, that's how I'm feeling too. I'm in the midst of a playoff run. I am the seventh seed right now. I still feel like Jimmy getting the best chance to win. I agree. My pushback has been this season has not played out how we expected when you have Jimmy Garoppolo as a starting quarterback. So that's why I would, you know, when do you start saying, well, it's not what we expected. Maybe we do go with the rookie and give him an opportunity. I don't know if he's going to do that because the 49ers still have a chance to make the playoffs. So I hear Steve Young. And I will agree that Kyle Shanahan does not think Trey Lance is ready. My pushback would be, what the fuck does that mean? What does it mean? Of course, Jimmy, I'm until I see it, until I see Trey Lance win multiple games, until I see that, and I see the consistency, I'm not going to feel like Trey Lance giving me a better chance to win than Jimmy Garoppolo. But how do you see that? Maybe people think, well, you just see it in practice. I don't know if it's that simple. Because just like these guys are making rookie mistakes in, in games, a lot of these guys, I'm pretty sure Trey Lance is making rookie mistakes in practice. <laughs> I don't know. So I, I agree with Steve Young, but then I don't agree because I don't know what the fuck that means. <laughs> I don't. He's not ready. I know we know we know he's not as ready. That's the, that's the thing. Is he as ready to win as Jimmy Garoppolo? That's the question. And I think most people would say no. Most logically thinking people would say no. Trey Lance is not as ready to win a game as Jimmy Garoppolo. And I know some people are tired of having this conversation and why it keeps coming up. It's it's going to continue to keep coming up. You drafted a guy third overall. You traded up hell of draft capital. And you have Jimmy Garoppolo, who's not playing great football. 
Is Jimmy the reason why 49ers are losing all these? No, he's not. Talked about earlier, it's a very undisciplined team. That's the reason. That's the reason. I hope all that made sense. I respect what Steve Young said, and I understand it, and I get it. I get it. Now, my guy Darius, he says, uh, this would all make sense if we didn't give up so much for Lance. That's true, but the way they messed up is keeping a $27 million quarterback on the roster that wins games. That's where they messed up. Because in their heads, and probably in a lot of fans' heads, regardless of all that, like, Jimmy, because we've seen it. We've seen it. He still gives you the best chance to win, regardless of how much draft capital you put on Trey Lance or put into Trey Lance. You, you, you know what I'm saying? So we've seen it. We've seen Jimmy win. We have not seen Lance win in the NFL. So our mind, if you're logically thinking, Jimmy, no matter how much you gave up for, for Lance, Jimmy gives you the better chance to win. Until he doesn't. Until he doesn't. Got my guy, um, and Vincent, I'm, I'm really, oh, I think I already saw it. Oh, you said the magic words. I think it's pretty simple. Let's do 300 passes at a D2 ball. This roster still has a shot to make the playoffs and some noise. Jimmy gives, uh, Jimmy gives because uh, better chance to win. I don't think it's hard. Vincent, here's my pushback, or my only thing I'm going to really push back. I hate Stop calling one double A D2. It's not D2. I played at Division Two. I played Division Two football. One double A is not Division Two football. Listen, who was it? Who was it that beat Washington this year? Was it Eastern Washington? That Eastern Washington beat. Who was it that beat Washington University this year? Hold on. Hold on. Eastern Washington. Schedule. Hold on. Was it Eastern Washington? Hold on. Hold on. Bear with me, guys. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Who was it? I can't remember. Montana. It was Montana. That's who it was, right? Montana. Montana, a 1AA school, beat University of Washington. D2s, if you're at a Division II school, you are getting throttled. I'm looking at the camera. You are getting throttled by Washington if you're a D2. 1AA, you got a chance. They are not the same. They are not the same. And everybody, everybody says that. I keep seeing that. Oh, he played D2 ball. No, he played F. FCS ball. He played FCS, not D2. I played D2. Now, did we beat some 1AA schools? Yeah, we beat. Um, I, I played in front of uh, about 50,000 fans my junior year. Uh, we went and played Southern University, uh, SWAC school, 1AA, and we beat them, and we were a Division II school. But what North Dakota State was, they can, they can potentially go and beat a University of Washington. They're not the same. 
But everything else, I get what you're saying. Now, here is some other pushback. And, you know, just as a playing devil's advocate. Uh, simple, Trey Lance only threw 300 passes, but then he says in D2. See, so. But, yeah. I had to, I'm sorry. I had to push back on that. Appreciate everybody that's in here right now. If you haven't already, hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. You know what time it is, man. Well, here we go. We're going to get into some, uh, and I'll talk to you guys a little bit about what we're about to get into. I appreciate everybody that's in here right now. Hit down the chat, like the, you know, the live little, the live chat, and uh, go ahead, hit that like button. That's how we're going to do this. All right, and I'm about to share my screen, because y'all know what it is. Hold on. Copy this. Y'all going to help me pick my over-unders. Oh, here we go, real quick. Creep, keep growing your brand, Croc. Pat McAfee signed a deal for $30 million a year with FanDuel. McAfee said he's making QB money now doing a podcast. Crazy. I saw that. And my guy Marco sent that to me, man, and he said that was very inspirational. And, and he was like, watch this, Croc. And I saw that. And a big part of it is consistency and believing. And I think figuring out different ways to be innovative. So that's where I have to get better at. How can I make my show more entertaining? How can I uh, add more production value to what it is that I'm doing. I need to figure that part out. It's tough. But like him, he said, there was no blueprint. There wasn't no anything. He got into it, doing a podcast with some buddies. Uh, they got a spot, and they just rocked out. And he did a great job, and they figured it out. And that's what I got to do. I got to figure it out. Goddamn, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to figure it out. I appreciate the contribution. I appreciate the contribution. Here we go, man. We are going to... You guys are going to help me pick my under, underdog fantasy pickups for the week. Again, if you want to get in on the action, click this link right here and use the promo code Crocky. All right. Promo code Crocky. Let me, uh, promo code Crocky. That's how they know. That's how they know how to, uh, I don't know why I typed it like that. My bad, y'all. <laughs> uh, but promo code Crocky. All right. If you want to get in on this action here, but. What are we doing, y'all? We trying to make some money here. We trying to make some money, or y'all can make me some money, however you want to do it. 229 passing yards, uh, 229 and a half passing yards for Jimmy Garoppolo. That's the over, under. Are we going with the over or the under? I personally want to go with the under. I mean, over, excuse me. I, I think that's easy. I think that's easy money. I think that's easy money. Are we going with the over on Jimmy Garoppolo's 229 passing yards? Y'all let me know. What are we doing? Over 230, okay? Oh, I see a lot of unders. I said over. Jimmy plays well uh, with his family around. Okay. Okay. Sometimes you can bet on picks. Today you can't. Let me get to this uh, contribution real quick. Jamar Chase equals easy over 65 yards versus Norman. All right, so we're going with, we're, we're going with the over on Jamar Chase, all right, because they said that's easy. I saw somebody say the over on Jimmy Garoppolo because uh, he's playing at home with his family. All right, how are we feeling about George Kittle, right? It looks like there's potentially not going to be a Debo Samuel. Are we going with the over on this too? Where are we at, y'all? Are we going with the over on George Kittle? Over on Kittle, over. All right, here we go. And again, if you guys... If you guys want to get in on this, 
I posted the link up top. Just make sure you use promo code Crocky. I hate that I typed it like that. That was an accident. We're going to go with the over on Kittle. All right, here we go. Oops, that was an accident. All right. Now we got Joe Mixon. This is his rushing and receiving yards combined. Does he get 100? So do you think he'll get like 70 rushing, 30 receiving? I want to go with the under on this. I think the 49ers have typically done a really good job as of late against running backs for the most part as far as, you know, running for a big total, uh, you know, plus receiving yards. I mean, Dalvin Cook, he got knocked out the game, but even then he had one play that was big, but I thought aside from that, I didn't see anything that was like too crazy. What are y'all thinking on on uh, Joe Mixon? Mixing under, mixing under. I say, Matt, Matt, you think over? I'm saying under. Under for mixing. All right, here we go. And last but not least, Joe Burrow. Will you throw for over 250 yards? Joe Burrow, 250 yards. Will you throw for that? Now, here's the thing. And I know everybody think about 49ers secondary. But we have to keep this in mind. I know there's some injuries. The 49ers have only given up one 300-yard passer all season. 49ers are fifth in the league against uh, passing yards. So if we go over on Joe Burrow, we're doing something that, you know, guys aren't really throwing for a bunch of yards against the 49ers. They're not. No matter how you feel about the Niners, guys aren't really throwing for a bunch of yards. But y'all saying under or over. There is the fact right here, too, about his hand. So there's that aspect of it as well. Burrow averages 260 a game. All right, y'all, we're going with the over. All overs. Oh, no, we got the under on mixing. All right, so what's that going to do, man? Once you do that, put in how much we're going to put down. All right, I got $45 in my account. I'm going to put 10 on this. $10, the payout is 200 All right, so... I'm putting in 10. The payout is 200. All right. Let's make some money, baby. Submit. Confirm. Boom. And if you want to get in on this, y'all, you already know what to do, man. Underdog Fantasy. Download the app or go to underdogfantasy.com. Use promo code Crocky, C-R-O-C-K-Y, and you can get in on this action as well. Go make you some money. I see all the screenshots y'all send to me with everybody making money out there, man. Get your money. Let's go. Let's go. All right, we're going to stop the screen share. I appreciate everybody that's tuned in today. Let's make some money, y'all. Joel is under. Man, that's what I'm thinking, but everybody says over, so I'm going to go with the over. We'll see. We'll see. I'll probably have another parlay where I do pick the under. But that's the that one right there is the one for us. I appreciate everybody that's in the chat right now. I appreciate everybody that came on live. I'm going to get out of here right now. I got another podcast I got to attend to. Uh, shout out to everybody that tuned in this morning, everybody that contributed to a show. And make sure that you guys talk, man. If there's things you're going through mentally, talk to your people. You know what I'm saying? Uh, reach out to people. Uh, love one another. Stay competitive. Stay all that stuff. Uh, stay faithful. The, mer the merch coming soon. I appreciate everybody that tunes in, man. Hey, the Pat McAfee stuff definitely was, uh, that was, uh, I liked seeing that. So that's going to do it for this episode, man. Promo code Crocky. Uh, all that good stuff, man. I love y'all. Appreciate y'all. And I am out. Intercepted. It is picked up by Aaron Crocker. Over midfield. He'll run it all the way.
Crop Talk TV Podcast. Peace.